Suicide is a tough topic, but the Washington County Reach for Hope Suicide Prevention Coalition wants you to know that there is always hope. We are a caring community reaching out to provide compassion and hope for a community free of suicide. In the next half hour, we'll talk with community partners to identify risk factors, raise awareness, and discuss prevention strategies. Hello, and thanks for joining us again on another edition of Reach for Hope, where there's always hope. Now, mental health is a key component component in suicide prevention, especially among our youth. Yet the stigma that surrounds this is uh, is getting worse every day. With us today is Keisha Sorensen, who is with the Mental Health Pro- uh, Provider Network here in Southern Utah. Welcome, Keisha, and thanks for joining us today. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm I excited might, to be here. I'm nervous. Yeah, I might have misquoted when I said it's getting worse every day. I'm not sure that it is, but tell me a little bit about um, that, th- that thought process about suicide uh, prevention among youth. About it, about where it's at now. Yeah, the stigma. Yeah, I, you know, in some ways, I think uh, from personally, I think it's getting better in that the stigma. My hope is that, and my perception is that it's it's um, lessening, right? That we have more awareness around it, that we have more compassion around it, and more understanding. And and um, you know, I the only way I can really measure that is reflecting back on my youth, and it was not something that was really talked about. It was something that was very hush hush, and. Um, and I think now it's um, something that is talked about, and I think that's important. Right. Okay. Let's back up a little bit and sure. <laughs> sure. and tell us uh, what organization you work for, and and what do you do? Yeah. So I sit on the Reach for Hope Coalition, um, and I represent um, SUPA, which stands for Southern Utah Program Alliance. And um, SUPA is a, a you know obviously a, a group of um, programs that are all sitting together and coming together for the greater good of the community and the greater uh, good of our industry and, and working together to be, um, yeah, to build an alliance on, on best practices and on things that matter for, for the industry that we work in. Is it mainly for youth then, or is it for all adults? Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's primarily youth, adolescents ages 13 to 17. We do have some programs in Southern Utah that work with, um, ad, uh, young adults ages 17 to probably about 25, 26. Um, there's also some adult programs as well. Um, we have an adult program for the company I work with. And um, so I work for Evoke Wilderness Therapy and Evoke Therapy programs. And, and one of our programs is is geared towards adults. It's an intensive, and I'm sure we'll speak on that later for yeah. adults. But generally, the focus is, is mainly for adolescents and young adults. So you mentioned um, that you also worked with the Southwest Utah Behavioral Health Center. Tell us about your involvement in suicide prevention and why you believe this is this is an issue that's so important. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of important issues for our youth. I think um, it's hard to be a teen. It's hard to be a teen right now. I think it was hard for me in the 90s. And, you know, when I think about being a teen um, in this day and age, I have teenagers myself. Um, it's hard. It's really hard. So um, before I started working for Evoke Therapy, I, I worked for Southwest, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. and was involved in a lot of the prevention work. So worked in the high schools, talking about suicide prevention, drug prevention, um, and just risk prevention as a whole. And um I'm not sure. I think the question behind that is just a little bit about why I did it. And, um, and I thought about that. Uh, I think about that often. Why, why do I engage in this, you know, heart work, if you will? Um, um, part of it is cause I'm a mom. Um, I'm a mom of teens and, and, um, teens struggle, <laughs> including my own. Right. And so, uh, 
there's that. Um, I also, you know, I have an ex-husband who struggled with substance abuse and some suicidal ideation as well. And so that personalizes a little bit for me. Um, and then I think, I think for most people, it's not, um, if they've lost somebody to suicide, it's who have you lost to suicide? And I think that that is the same for me. I've lost uh, people that I do love and care about, not only to, you know, suicide, but also to substance abuse as well. And so, um, I think when you have, you know, pain or sorrow, I think the best way, one of the best ways you can work on that healing beyond therapy, of course, is, uh, is stepping into making a difference if you can. And yeah. so that's why I do it. Well, thank you for doing that. That's, yeah. that's awesome. And it becomes more like you're an expert in this field somehow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were also involved in putting together some public service announcements regarding suicide prevention. Let's take a listen to right. one of those now. Thanks. Hi, I'm Keisha, a member of the Reach for Hope Suicide Prevention Coalition. Did you know that having an open and honest conversation could save a life? Asking someone directly if they're thinking about suicide often brings relief and helps ease their pain. If you think someone is having thoughts of suicide, assume you are the only one who will reach out. If you or anyone you know is struggling with thoughts of suicide, please call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK or text BRAVE to 741-741. Click here for more information. Now, it said click here because this, this went out uh, on Spotify in several different formats, but there was a, a picture on there of a youth sitting on the stairs looking a little bit pondering, wonder how he was feeling, and, and that's the thoughts that we're talking about. Um, statistically, we know that youth, especially here in Utah, struggle with that. You mentioned that earlier. Um, tell us a little bit about what role then SUPA plays in suicide prevention. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a couple part of one of SUPA's goals is to reach out to our community to provide resources. Um, we have so many resources in our in our industry. We have so many um, clinicians with beautiful expertise on on this topic and and the compassion and, and knowledge that we would love to share with parents. Um, and so um, I think our role at and, and our hope is to get that word out that, that we, those resources are available. Um, we have a podcast through my work that's available to all parents and, and it's a great resource for them to dig into topics, not only, you know, suicide prevention topics, but just raising teens and, and how hard it can be and, and relating to that. So we have those resources. Um, um, we also have a couple books that my work uh, put out. Uh, well, the um, clinical director, Dr. Brad Reedy, he put out um, that we give to parents as well. And so, um, I think our role is is just to be a resource and to let you guys know we're a resource. Um, sometimes, you know, our kiddos get to the place where, um, you know, once a week therapy isn't quite working out for them. And mm -hmm. so they need that next level of care. And we have that next level of care here in Southern Utah. We have so many fantastic, amazing programs that um, these kiddos can, you know, lean into and, and to get help from. Yeah. And social media doesn't help a lot either, does it? No. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> no. they get on that Facebook and they're seeing who's liking their stuff and they make it kind of a competition. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I love social media. I do. I think it's fun. I think it has a lot of great, beautiful powers. And it also, you know, it has its dark side. And I think, um, you know, the saying that it's a highlight reel is, is pretty accurate. I think there's a little bit of a shift and uh, some of our teens being a little bit more open to, to being vulnerable that, hey, you know what, I, I have a filter on <laughs> or whatever that looks like um, so that they can see the, the real them. And at the same time, it still is, it's such an epidemic, I think, and in, um, in affects so many in their mental health, especially our youth. Um, 
I just, you know, I reflect back on when I was a teen and if I made a mistake, it wasn't, it wasn't put all over social media. Social media wasn't a thing, right? right. It was, it was just a rumor mill, if you will. And so it's tough. It's made, um, it's, it's made being a teen tough and it's mean, par- it's made parenting a teen, uh, just as difficult as well. Yeah. Well, and, and, it, and, the, and these teens have to struggle and deal with that and figure out how to cope with that. And sometimes that means just shutting the phone off or, yeah. or ignoring it for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, we do have some high numbers among teens um, uh, attempting suicide, mm-hmm. but we need to understand what they're thinking in order to do that. We need to listen to them. Yes. And so here's an ad that, that does just that. Let's listen. Mom. Dad. Try to understand. Sometimes I'm going to be a little impulsive. Sometimes I'm going to be a lot impulsive. I mean, I'm a teenager. Like when I went through that really bad breakup. To you, it may have been no big deal. But to me, it was my whole world. It was my whole life. Remember when I got arrested? I actually thought that I would never be able to show my face in school again. And when that rumor about me started spreading. All over social media. I, um... I thought it would never end. Like, I thought the only solution was for me to end. Not to freak you out or anything, but the leading cause of death in Utah for teens is suicide. And nearly half of those suicides are from firearms. And sorry, but they're usually yours. So help us out here. Because we may be impulsive, but we want to live. Almost all the time. But in case there are times that we forget, Keep your guns and ammo locked up safely. Keep your guns and ammo locked up safely. Locked up safely. Because doing this little thing can make a big difference. That's a great message to let the parents and everybody else know, is your safety on and lock your weapons up. I mean, obviously kids get access to that. Why are teens so impulsive and more likely to, to attempt Suicide. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, I don't know that they're more impulsive than when we were teens. I think impul- teens just in general are impulsive. I think oh. it's part of brain development and it's part of all of those different pieces. I do think um, that there's you know definitely more for our teens to be struggling with now. Mm-hmm. I do think that um, there's also um, the ability to. To, I mean, in this, just this commercial right here, you know, not having firearms locked up, there's the ability to access that. And, um, you know, I think there's a, there's a stigma that if we talk about it, that it'll put ideas in kids' heads, which is, you know, obviously going to be false. Right. <laughs> and so I think it's important to, if you do, you know, just back to this video clip of if you do have firearms to, to talk about it with your kids and, and to keep them locked up, we have them at my home and we have them locked up and it's important to us. And, um, so, yeah, I think that's a hard question. I, I'm not sure that there are more impulsive. I think that we all are can be impulsive. I think that, um, you know, there's just that moment we, we have when they're feeling impulsive. There's a small time frame where we can we can act and potentially, you know, um, prevent, make, prevent, you know, the next act to happen. Make a yeah. difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you talked about evoke several times. Yeah. We we're going to, I knew we were going to get to this. Um, tell us what is evoke and the wilderness therapy for teens? Yeah, absolutely. I, I dropped it quite a bit. I am pretty passionate about my work as you probably can tell just by, um, just by how many times I mentioned it and brought it up. Um, so evoke therapy programs, we have locations here in St. George, Utah and one in Bend, Oregon. And, 
um, it's wilderness therapy for teens. Um, we also work with young, young adults as well. And, um, it's, it's meaningful work. It's, it's beautiful work. And, um, you know, the, the gift of, of wilderness is really removing these kiddos from, um, the distractions that do show up so that we can dig deep into what's causing the impulsivity, what's causing the sadness and the anxiety and the depression and the suicidal ideation. The hope is to, to figure out what's going on for them and why that's showing up. And when we can do that in a setting with a small group of teens that are working with some similar issues outdoors in beautiful Southern Utah, um, we can do some really great and beautiful meaning work and uh, being meaningful work. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a little bit about Evoke. Um, I, we also do intensives. I mentioned that earlier for for parents. Um, you don't even necessarily have to be a parent, just have to be an adult that would like to do a deep dive into their own work um, and maybe a springboard. Maybe you've never been to therapy and don't know where to start. It's a, it's a great springboard for that. Or maybe you've done a lot of therapy like I have and you just want to really dig deep and do some intensive work. It's also great for that. So, Tell yeah. us a little bit about this type of therapy that out in the sure. wilderness. We're going to show a little bit of a clip of sure. uh, from your from your website, how it helps make a lasting change. How does it work? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there might be, you know, sometimes when people think of wilderness therapy, I think they think of maybe like a boot camp type of a fill and it could be nothing farther from that. We're definitely um, an experiential uh, wilderness program that um, is very clinically based. Um, the hope is, you know, we're doing therapy in a different way. A lot of our uh, teens are, are used to kind of that couch to couch therapy, which is wonderful and does great work. And, um, can also cause a teen to be guarded. And so if we can do therapy by, you know, walking with a therapist and, you know, next to you on a hike together or, or building a fire together or, or, you know, you know, any type of adventure that we can do while we're out there, our kids feel less on guard. And, and sometimes they don't realize that they're doing therapy just right there in the moment. And so if we can get creative and reach our kids in a different way, I think that's when we um, can really get to, to what's going on for them. I think another piece to it too is just the relationships you can build when you're out there with these kiddos for you know eight to twelve weeks and you're building that relationship. Um, they start to feel safe. Um, often our kiddos say they've never felt safer than out mm -hmm. in the wilderness, which is such an interesting thing to think about. But um, so yeah, it's trust issues. It's building that yeah. trust and yeah. knowing that you have to depend on each other as a team in order to survive in case a big cat comes after you <laughs> right. or something, right? Right, absolutely. <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily happen, but it is those yeah. other pieces and those other components. Right. We're working on, you know, making meals together. We're working on, um, you know, hiking to the next location together. We're really a small family unit and in doing so, builds not only trust with the therapist, but also your field mentors and also your peer group. Um, a lot of these kids struggle with friendships and they've never you know, been able to have uh, friendships where they've had conflict resolution or relationship repair. And in these small groups, we teach that, we model that. And we're the, you know, the ratio of, of mentors to students is so high that we're right there coaching alongside th through every moment. It's kind of helping them to overcome anxiety issues, knowing, sure. knowing how to deal with things, how to, how to make those friendships yeah. steer away from fear and stress. How can parents help their children do that then? How do you transition yeah. from a, a, a mentor out in the field in the wilderness uh -huh. camp to a parent saying, okay, now here's your parent who you sh really should be trusting. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I think a, a really great thing about Evoke and most programs that are in, the, in, in SUPA is that we do a lot of family work. Um, yes, we might have your kiddo in our program with us and we're helping them, but for Evoke, we want to wrap our arms around parents as well and give you skills and tools and language um, to be able to help your your child through this process as well. Um, 
the best thing that our parents can be doing for their kids is doing their own work, is stepping into their own therapy, is getting into a place of, of their own mental health so they can hold space for their kids when their kids are struggling. Um, imagine being a kid that's struggling, that can't take care of themselves, and then feel like they have to take care of their parent as well because it's affecting their parent, right? The best thing they can do as a parent is to do their own work. And then also knowing uh, as a parent what some of those warning signs might be sure. for a kid who is struggling, correct? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. I think that's a piece for sure. Um, there's also other resources. Uh, we just came from a training. Melissa and I actually just did on yeah. a QPR training on. And so if you are a parent, I think every parent should attend QPR training just to know some of the language that can be used Um when you are feeling like maybe something's a bit off with your kiddo or your kiddo's friend or something of that nature. And for those who haven't heard of it before, QPR stands for question, persuade and refer right. so that you can ask that question, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. are you thinking about suicide? Yes. Are you having suicidal thoughts? Right. And then getting help for, for that child. That's right. Um, because it's a question that is not easy to ask. No, no, not at all. And especially for a parent. Right. Especially for a parent asking their own child. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so how can youth or parents reach out to uh, get help through these programs? Then do they yeah. contact you through a website or how, what do they yeah, do? Yeah, I would be happy to help. Um, I'm I, Obviously, I'm one of the direct contacts to reach out to find more information out on Evoke, um, Evoke Wilderness Therapy Programs and Intensives for Parents. And so you can reach me directly. My email is just my name, Keisha at EvokeTherapy.com. Um, you can also just visit our website, which is Evoke Therapy. Um, and then SUPA also has a website, Southern Utah Program Alliance, is S-U-P-A. And it has all listed all of the other programs that are available as well. Um, so there's residential treatment, therapeutic boarding school. There's um, transitional living where, you know, maybe your kiddo just needs a little bit of support. And maybe they're a young adult and trying to step into um, young adulthood but needs some support. There's those types of programs as well. Um, you'd be surprised at how many are right here in Southern Utah. Um, one thing that I really love about SUPA as well is that um, we're those that are in our group are, are following best practice. They're you know there's tons of different accreditations you can get as a program, and I think it's important to to know that some of these programs are doing that. And so um, those that are aligned with us in, in SUPA are programs that are are doing what's best for kids. So how can we as the public um, help our youth with this? self-esteem issues and sure. and issues that often lead to possibly substance abuse? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, if you're, first off, if you're a parent, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll say what Dr. Reedy says all the time is do your own work, do your own therapy so you can be an example to your teens. Um, normalize going to therapy, therapy, normalize taking care of your mental health, normalize taking care of yourself. I think that's key. And then in your community, I think, you know, if you have a passion to step in and, you know, we have so many different coalitions and, and volunteer opportunities where you can step in and help. Um, I think also as um, maybe you're not a parent or maybe you're somebody who's just involved in the community, I think noticing people. I think, you know, um, one of the, Mr. Rogers is one of my heroes and, and he's kind of the best thing ever, right? And he always talked about the best thing that we can do as adults is remember what it's like to be a kid. And so as we're watching our teens struggle and sometimes not be pleasant and and maybe show up in ways that we would swear we never would have as a teen. Just remember, remember what it was like to be a teen. And, and, and hopefully with that, you'll give them some grace, but also not only that, hopefully with that, you'll give them some love. Cause I think a lot of our teens are just wanting to be seen, wanting to be heard, 
wanting to be understood. And I think that's where social media comes in. I think that because maybe they're not getting the full attention from somewhere else at times, um, they want to stand out. They want to put videos on there and be crazy and do strange things because that I've seen a lot of things like that on there. Um, But they need to be careful with that because at the same time, standing out is not always the best (laughs) thing in the world. But um, any thoughts uh, about any last thoughts about how, how we can relate and put ourselves in their shoes. I mean, you, you mentioned that earlier and I started thinking about that and I'm like, wow, yeah. uh, I always try to put myself in someone else's shoes, but to go back in time for my brain, I don't know if I, I want to, but yeah. at the same time, you can't really go back mm-hmm. because things were different when we were growing up. Yes. Yes. So what, what's yeah. your advice there? I think the key word here is to be curious, um, curious, right? If we can, pause when, and instead of being reactive to, to, you know, let's hold our impulsivity in and take a look at what's going on for the kid and really get curious around why, why would a kid want to put that type of a video on there? What's going on for them underneath that? Um, why would my kid not want to show up for school today? What's going on behind that? Um, so if we can keep our curiosity in a way that's compassionate, I think that that will be the key for, um, you know, hopefully instilling some change, not only you know, in our community, but in ourselves. When I know when I get curious, when my kids are being real jerks, cause they can be, then it, it really helps me pause for a minute and, and look at not only, I wonder why they're doing that, but I also get curious about why I'm responding the way I'm, I am as well. So we have to question ourselves as well mm-hmm. as question what they're doing Yes, and, and maybe, you know, make it a teamwork effort and maybe grandma and grandpa could help, or maybe uh, our neighbors could keep an eye out or anything yeah. um, to, to make sure that we're doing okay health wise because mental health, it's, it, there's always been kind of a stigma behind it. For sure. And yeah. you know, so, so to, to say, Oh, I, I need help. Um, nobody's going to do that, especially a young teen mm-hmm. at, at that age. They're, they're not, and their brains aren't developed all the way. Yeah. So, so we have to kind of be their brains for them in a while. Sure. For a while. Sure. Yeah. I think uh, another piece too is, um, just normalizing that therapy is needed for everybody. Something doesn't have to be wrong with you to go to therapy, right? Um, I have a couple t-shirts that I that I own that say therapy is cool on them and my teenagers wear them all the time. And so helping to be a part of the shift of the stigma away from it being, um, you know, something that is, that is looked down on. Um, I think the more we can normalize it, the more that these kids that are struggling maybe will ask for help. Yeah. And they do have wellness uh, centers oh, yes. um, at the schools. Yes. If you need to take a time out and play with some Play-Doh or do, they do. Get the little hands in the nail thing. Or yes. Whatever. I have a friend that just got hired working on one and she's loving it. Hi, Shannon. And she, um, it's such a gift for our kids just to go take space. And I think with that, I'll send, I'd want to say, um, as a reminder of parents, it's okay if we take a minute too. if we're feeling really reactive and frustrated at our kids and we're about to say things or do things that um, won't help. It's okay for us to step away and, and go to our room. <laughs> as well. it, it's kind of like playing sports and taking a timeout. <laughs> yes. Put yes. the, the big T up yeah. and say, okay, timeout. I got I to gotta go. Yeah, I got to regulate. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Any other last uh, thoughts or advice you, you'd like to lend to our viewers or listeners out there as far as, you know, how we can play a better role and, and keep an eye out for like you said, our kiddos. Yeah. Uh, in, in my case, it'd be grand kiddos. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, God, I always feel a little awkward giving advice. I don't know that because it, it's such a big word. I think that I would just remind, uh, remind us that we're all just humans who want to be loved and we're all just trying. And if we can 
keep that in our in our hearts and keep curiosity at our hearts as well that um, that will be a gift for all and and you know that's something that I've been really grateful to learn from the industry I get to work in is just uh, to step back and and to really get curious about the why. Well, and it's really easy to be outdoors and smell all that fresh air, too. <laughs> right. That's not a hard part. Especially here in southern Utah, where the weather's really nice. Right. You know, Keisha, I'd like to just say thanks for your yeah. dedication, your soul, your heart, your spirit, Thank and you. all that you're doing to help out uh, our community, because we need people like you, and we need more volunteers, and we need more helpers to, to, to step up to the plate. So yeah. just like to say thank you. Well, thank you. I mean, genuinely. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really great to uh, you as well. get to know a, a person who is really committed to prevention of suicide as well as mental health because it's something that we need to take care of. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much thank you. for joining us. And uh, thank you f- for uh, joining us. And we'd just like to remind you that uh, if you have any uh, problems or anything, you can give us, uh, Keisha a, a call or a uh, Contact her on her email, go to the Evoke website, go to reachforhopeutah.org website or any uh, any other places. And, you know, they're just a click away, but you have to be willing to, to make that first step in order to make things happen. So thank you so right. much. Thank you. Thank you guys for watching, and we hope you have a great rest of your day. And uh, just remember, keep a smile on your face, <laughs> and there's always hope. Take care. The Reach for Hope Coalition wants you to know that we care about you and we are here to help. If you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, reach out. You're not alone. To access resources for yourself or others, visit our webpage at reachforhopeutah.org. That's reach, the number four, hopeutah.org. If you are experiencing a crisis, please call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK because you matter and there is always hope. This has been a production from a podcast studio.